In Japanese folklore, yokai are the spirits, demons, and monsters that haunt our world, taking the form of plants, animals, objects, humans, or natural phenomenon. These yokai usually possess spiritual or supernatural abilities. Shinigami is a yokai taking the form of a human, inviting people to die by suicide, causing their victims to become obsessed with death and the desire to die, fueled by the thoughts of every bad thing they have ever done. Shinigami are described as helpers or creatures of darkness, with their name meaning God of Death, Deathbringer, or Death Spirit. Possessed by a Shinigami, the spirit would lead a person to the mountains, sea, railroads, forests, or any place familiar with death. Here, the Shinigami would encourage a person to end their life, remaining in the area afterward, living in and feeding off of the bad energy. Though in the end, yokai may be a product of the imagination, there once lived an evil that, like the yokai, came in many shapes and forms. A monster that haunted Japan from 1984 to 1985, and was very real. This is the monster with 21 faces. Last time, the gang demanded Fujiya throw cash from several rooftops. Fujiya ignored the instructions as business partner Faithful Store receives a letter demanding a deal. Police sketches of the fox-eyed man suspect are released to the public. After another failed money drop of 200 million yen, the monster sends House Foods a ceasefire letter before attempting to reignite their dealings with Glico and its associate, Toyo Shigyo. Glico ignores the correspondence and the criminals push them no further. The eve of Valentine's Day, 1985, sees the discovery of candy laced with poison, prompting the government of Japan to create a law inspired by the crimes. The monster, no doubt still scheming, sent word that the candy company Morinaga is free to go. Episode 8 It's fun to lead a bad man's life. Listener discretion is advised. On March 6, 1985, a letter arrives at another Japanese confectionery company, Surigaya, located in Wakayama Prefecture. A copy of Katsuhisa Izaki's voice on cassette accompanied the letter. Dear Okamoto, You were waiting for a letter from us, weren't you? Morinaga sure suffered a ton, didn't they? I'm so close to fulfilling my dreams. You guys need to pay up, too. It's unfair for me to only take money from big companies and none from the smaller ones. Since you've got a smaller company, I'll decrease your fee to 50 million yen. Those amateur guys that tried to copy us got caught. I think they should just put these kinds of idiots on death row. We won't get caught. It's already been a year and we're stronger than the police. Once we send a letter to the people of the media, none of your products are going to sell. Doesn't matter if we put hydrochloric acid or potassium cyanide in your products. The big grocery stores do exactly what we tell them to do. People think that smaller stores are gross, so they won't buy anything there. That's what society is. Isn't that awful? If you feel like giving us money, we will call Miki's house at 073-662-3901 at 5 p.m. on March 7th, Thursday. Make sure that Miki answers. Once you hear the music to NHK news station, answers saying, 
It's Miki from Surugaya. Can I take your order? At 7 p.m. on the 8th of March, have someone who is familiar with the roads in Kitasetsu and a general affairs employee wait in a restaurant called Grap. 848-1256 at Midorigaoka in Toyonaka City. The car should be a white Corolla, and both of them should be wearing golfing attire. Put a total of 10 million yen using old 10,000 yen bills in a black leather bag. Do not use new bills. Have the maps for the following cities ready. Toyonaka, Suita, Ibaraki, Takatsuki, Setsu, Osaka, Moriguchi, Kobe, Takarazuka, Nishinomiya, Kawanishi, Amagasaki, and Kansai. You're being watched from the beginning until the end. Start moving as soon as you see the letter. Drive at 60 kilometers per hour in the Chuo Loop route, 85 kilometers per hour on the highway, and 5 kilometers above the speed limit on normal roads. The police are tapping your phone at the company, so be careful. I'll attach a little bit of potassium cyanide. We've got tons. Give Katsuhisa's tape a listen as well. I'm sure you don't want to end up like that. I'll contact you again if I'm unable to. Don't notify the police. I will call Miki's house at 7 p.m. on the 8th. Then Miki should call Grot. The letter was postmarked the day prior. At 5.06 p.m. on March 7th, as promised, the monster contacted the Wakayama Prefecture home of Suragaya General Manager. Masaharu Miki. The phone rang out, but stopped after three times before it could be answered. No other calls came in. The next day on March 8th, at the Surigaya shop, a letter arrives. Dear Akamoto, I was going to make you guys give us some money too, but these days the police are stupid and dumb and in the way, so I can't do that. They're more persistent than us. If they try to look us up when we call you, we'll burden you as well. We'll postpone the deal on the 8th, have the money and wait for like six months. By then the police should stop following us. You know what's going to happen if you tell the police. We're stronger than the police. Monster with 21 faces. The letter was postmarked the day prior. After that, the monster did not contact Surigaya again. Read in full, an article published on March 16, 1985, reads Headline, follow up on the news, candy threat Katsuhisa Izaki was taking a bath at his home in the central Japanese city of Nishinomiya when three intruders kidnapped him a year ago this week. The event triggered a string of further deeds that became known as the Great Japanese Candy Caper. Mr. Izaki, head of Izaki Glico, the leading candy maker, escaped unharmed three days later but his abductors were not to be denied. They burned Glico buildings, threatened to put cyanide-laced Glico candies in stores unless the company paid $480,000 and taunted the police in their extortion notes. No poison was found and no money paid, and by June, Mr. Izaki's tormentors said they were bored and would leave him alone. In October, they returned to harass another candy maker, Morinaga, this time with real cyanide-laced candy in stores. The culprit used a catchy name, Mystery Man with 21 Faces. 
Sumay, or copycats, were threatening other companies. 31 food and candy concerns in Tokyo, Osaka, and other big cities have been harassed to date, and one company, unidentified by authorities, is still receiving extortion letters. As far as is known, no company has paid a single yen, and no unwitting consumer has swallowed poison. But Glico and Morinaga report heavy sales losses. The Ministry of Agriculture says national sweets consumption is off 10%. Suppliers of sugar and flour are taking a beating, and public confidence in the police has been shaken. We expect it may take at least three years to recover, says Itsuo Monda, the executive director of the Japan Confectionery Association. On the 17th of March, a letter arrives. To all fans in the Monster with 21 Faces fan club, a year has passed. Turning point is important in daily life. In this world, grown men give young women panties as a present. We are evil, but we know what's embarrassing. We are not the stupid kind that give panties to women. Mass media and police are the fools. It's our first anniversary, so they will expect us to do something. If we say we'll do it, we will. But we won't listen to what the police and mass media say. This year passed without even noticing. Police training was fun. Police got a bit smarter, too. They caught a lot of our copycats. That's good. From now on, don't rely on getting the money from traffic tickets and instead catch the criminal. We have a weak spot for people's feelings and obligations. Okubo Kun from the investigation headquarters will step off. Getting older sure is a lonely thing. If you stop without finding us, it's no fun. We have samurai-like mercy, so we'll do something for you. We'll give you the typewriter's letters as a retirement gift. Make a tie clip and use it every day. If Yoshino or Shikata takes it away from you, arrest them on a charge of embezzlement. We like the police. Why does the mass media write about us like we hate them? More than getting the culprit, police watch Kobe and Naniwa's lovers quarrel. Police cannot grasp not even one piece of dust. We are stardust. We want to become stars. We will do something big before summer. Monster with 21 faces. This letter was discovered at 3.20 p.m. at the Osaka Castle Tower. A 60N stamp was affixed to the envelope. Included with this letter are two metal kanji stamps for use in a pan writer. Sometimes in Japan, the suspect in a criminal case is referred to as a star. As well, part of the end of this letter is written in a form of waka poetry. Morinaga's sales numbers released for the fiscal year ending March 31, 1985. Sales were 23 billion yen less than the previous year. On April 3, 1985, a letter arrives at Yomiuri and Mainichi newspapers. Dear editors of Weekly Yomiuri, Sunday in Mainichi, we do everything that we say we are going to do. I said that I was going to write a memoir, so I wrote it. The guy at Yomiuri is a handsome man, but he won't send money to Africa. We'll send it to Mainichi as well. If we do something, I'm sure the police will be really sad. You should read this memoir and study again. We won't try to abduct the chief of directors. It's not worth it. Yoshino and Shikata, you don't have to worry anymore. Monster with 21 faces. Memoir 2. Our memoir of Marudai is late. 
We don't really want to write it. The ad for Maro Dye looks good, talking about how it's okay to be wild. Very manly. I like it. But we said we would write a memoir, so we have to write one. We're basically cooperating with you to not have other crimes like this. Since we're the only ones able to pull such a stunt. I deserve a prize for doing this. We bullied Maro Dye because it's just a small company that became big. I'm sure they know what's beneficial and not beneficial for them. There are a lot of young people in positions of power. These young ones just don't have guts. If we scare them a little, they'll give us money. We made a plan. I made the plan so that even if the police get involved, we could do it. We called the house of Ota at Takatsuki past 8 p.m. on the 28th of June. One of my people, let's call him A, played a tape with the female's voice from Tokyo. A then called another one of my people, let's call him C, who was at our hideout spot. C used a radio to contact another one of my people, let's call him B, who was waiting in front of Takatsuki Station, then B contacted me through radio. There was a signal that they'd give us the money using the ad on the 26th in Mainichi. For Marudai's case, I wasn't sure if the police knew about it. It was a 50-50 chance, in my opinion. From Ota's house in Takatsuki, it doesn't take over five minutes by car. The white Corolla we told them to use came around 20 minutes past the hour. Two cars stopped side by side. B, who was watching this, started crying. He felt stupid that this was the best the police of the world was doing. Even an elementary school student would know that it was the police. When we looked at the man that came out of the car with binoculars, it wasn't Ota. B contacted me through radio. He said, Mocha Mocha holds Nira and disappears at minute 28. If there was one Mocha, it was Ota. If there were two Mochas, it was the police. If the police are involved, the money's fake. Even if it was real, there's no way they'd hand it to us. If it was real, we would have said Nagi. If it was fake, we would have said Nira. Disappears meant that they entered the station. B contacted me and left to go back to our hideout. The police keep saying man with eyes like a fox, but that's a complete lie. They couldn't tell the big guys from Tokyo that they had no idea. So they just made it up. I feel sorry for the police who are actually looking for someone with eyes like a fox. I contacted another one of my people. Let's call him D, who was in Yamazaki. Mocha Mocha, number two. It's fine even if it's Nira, let's just cook it. Number one would have meant the Japanese National Railway at minute 19. And number two was the one at minute 35. Cook it meant to take it as planned, even if it's fake money. If we take it and give it back to the chief of directors, he'd cry tears of joy. D is using a stolen car like mine and waiting in Yamazaki. It's hard for the radio to reach from Takatsuki to Yamazaki. So I was in the middle and contacted them. D had a flashlight and a gun on him. D would get out of the car and signal to E and F, who were on the train tracks using the flashlight. E and F both had guns on them as well. Once the police come off the train, they're going to start shooting at each other. If there was an unmarked patrol car after them, they should just shoot the windshield and break it. E had a white flag already. It takes seven minutes until Yamazaki. Two or three minutes for then. They'll be there by 8.45. The police are on the second to last card on the train. He can't be on the last one because the conductor would see him. And if he was on one of the front cars, he wouldn't be able to see the flag. 
If he raises the flag too soon, the driver might stop the train. The train came. The driver passed by, and at the same moment, E started to wave his huge flag. F watched very close, but there are no white bags being thrown out of the window. There's not even a window open to throw the bag out. Even though it was raining, there were four spots where the windows were slightly open. There were at least four policemen on that train. My people D, E, and F started to prepare to go back to the hideout spot. The police that saw the white flag contacted Takatori. The unmarked car was trying to find them, but it was such a hard location to find, they couldn't. I'll tell them how to get there someday. The police thought that we'd contact them again. We like the police, so we feel bad to just leave them hanging. It would be good practice for them. The second time we contacted Fujita's house, we made them have the money ready in Komori's apartment in Suita. The dumb police tried to think as hard as they could about where we'd have the deal. They thought the National Railway would be the most likely spot. But they also looked at the possibilities of machine, train stations, interchanges, and service areas. They were especially cautious about Yamazaki, where they saw the white flag, but they didn't think about bus stops. If they have too many police officers working on the case, we would know what was happening. But the number of people we have stayed the same. We called Komori's house past 8 p.m. on the 6th of July. We used a voice that was a little hard to hear, but the police don't have enough training. It took them 40 minutes to find the bus stop in Kasuga and have people ready there. It would usually take 30 minutes. A little past 9, they entered Meishin after seeing our letter. It's exactly what the great detective Hirano thought. They put people on Meishin from the moment they saw it on the map of the bus stop at Kasuga. They assumed that the money would be transferred around Yamazaki, but we're better than that. We know exactly the moves that the police are making and are getting messages through the radio. Once they left Yamazaki, it took them an extra 30 minutes than necessary. That's like saying that we're the police. They should have been there before 9, maybe 8.45 or 8.50. But we started seeing people looking around Fukukusa bus stop around 9.50. The guys looking at maps in the middle of the streets are the better ones. There were dumb ones who were waiting in the car. Just two guys in a dark spot. If you're going to do that, use a female police officer to make it more believable. Three of my people were waiting in the dark beneath the bus stop with guns. They were planning on taking the fake money from them. It would be a nice gift to the chief of directors. But they were waiting for so long that they contacted me saying that they didn't have the will to do this anymore. We're trying to train the police, but they just won't get better. I got bored too, so I contacted D, E, and F saying, there's a fight between a husband and a wife. Come back quick. The police are so dumb, no one would believe it. Kanazawa, you know what we're going to do next, right? Kawauchi was really proud of you, so do your best. People who are trying to copy what we're doing, you need to use the same number of people that we're using, all right? Monster with 21 faces. Postmarked in Setsu the same day, between noon and 6 p.m., the sender was listed as the Monster with 21 faces, and there was no stamp affixed. On August 7, 1985, after being notified of his reassignment to the National Police Agency, Shoji Yamamoto, the now former head of Shiga Prefectural Police, came home from work. Shoji Yamamoto carried the weight of the failures committed by his subordinate officers when, on November 14, 1984, 
the suspicious man in the stolen station wagon, and two other suspects on bicycles escaped capture. On the evening of August 7th, Shoji Yamamoto went outside, where he doused himself in kerosene and set himself on fire in the garden of his home. Read in full, an article published on August 7th, 1985, reads, Headline, Head of Cyanide Candy Investigation Commits Suicide, Tokyo. A police superintendent who commanded the unsuccessful hunt last year for the extortion gang that terrorized Japan with cyanide spike candy burned himself to death after being relieved of his post, police said Thursday. The motive for the suicide was not immediately clear, police said, and there was no definite indication it was linked to his participation in the Man with 21 Faces gang case. Police said Shoji Yamamoto, 59, head of the prefectural police in Shiga, western Japan, doused his body with kerosene and burned himself to death in the backyard of his official residence Wednesday afternoon. Just hours before, police said, Yamamoto had been relieved of his post and assigned to the National Police Agency. His associates said Yamamoto had been embarrassed by an error made by his subordinates in failing to arrest suspects involved in the drama last year. Yamamoto apologized to the public after officers under his command came across a car carrying one of the suspects last November but let him slip away. The extortionist group terrorized the nation by scattering marked cyanide-laced candy manufactured by Morinaga in an attempt to extort $2 million from the company late last year. The gang launched its shakedown campaign by kidnapping the president of another major confectioner, Izaki Kliko, in the spring of last year and demanding a ransom of $2 million. The executive escaped unhurt a few days later. The group remains at large, despite a nationwide hunt. On the 12th of August, five days after head of Shiga police, Shoji Yamamoto commits suicide. One final letter from the monster with 21 faces arrives at Mainichi, Yomiuri, Sankai, and Asahi newspapers. It was postmarked the day prior, between 8 a.m. and noon. There was no stamp. To everyone at the National Diet, Part 2. You often forget what's happening with our laws. Make a law that allows the death sentence quickly. Shiga Prefecture's police Yamamoto died, right? We have no friends or hiding places in Shiga. What a fool. Yoshino or Shikata should have died instead. What were they doing for one year and five months? They shouldn't leave evil people like us alone. There are so many foolish copycats. Yamamoto, who worked his way up, died like a man. That's why we'll give him an obituary gift. We will stop bullying the food industry. If a threatening letter arrives again, it's not us. Deliver this to the smart police. Yoshino and Shikado, who went to good colleges, will look after you. We're the bad guys. That means we've got more to do other than bullying companies. It's fun to lead a bad man's life. Monster with 21 faces. Later that same day, August 12th, 1985, unrelated directly to the Glico Morinaga case, though interesting to note, Japan Airlines Flight 123, a Boeing 747-SR, crashed on the ridge of Mount Takamagahara at 6.50 p.m., approximately 1,565 meters above sea level and 70 miles northwest of Tokyo. 
It is the deadliest single aircraft accident in world history, claiming the lives of 520 people, including House Foods President Ikuo Urakami. After that day, the monster with 21 faces disappeared, having committed attempted murder, kidnapping for ransom, burglary injury, non-residential building arson, attempted extortion, and many postal law violations. It is believed no ransom was ever collected from any of the targeted companies, and the criminal gang always seemed to be a step ahead, with inside information conducting their own surveillance of police. Pulling the newspaper and media strings like a puppet master, the monster would never have had the power they wielded without them. The reputation of Glico and Morinaga had taken a massive hit. Morinaga had at one point been dropped as a sponsor from the animated series Kinikuman, an anime which named Morinaga Milk as the favorite drink of main character Muscle Man. This sponsorship would resume in October 1991. Both Glico and Morinaga would go on to update their company logos after broadcasting special commercials and resuming advertising. The food industry as a whole was also affected by the monster with 21 faces and had committed to introducing safety seals on food packaging across Japan. In 1990, investigation headquarters used current computer technology to age the sketch of the fox-eyed man, attempting to identify him still five years later. At a press conference on March 18, 1994, ten years since the day of his abduction, and just three days before the crime would reach its statute of limitations, Izaki Glico president Katsuhisa Izaki said, quote, I do not think there is anyone who has a grudge against me or the company. With that, on March 21, 1994, the monster with 21 faces could no longer be arrested and charged for the kidnapping by Japanese law. Later, on June 2, 1994, the statute of limitations was also reached on the abduction cases of the man and woman taken from their Riverside date during the Daidoman operation. Read in part, an article published on February 24, 1999, reads... Headline, Clock Ticking on Glico Morinaga Cases Investigators are racing the clock with the statute of limitations on unresolved poisoning and extortion crimes linked to the Glico Morinaga case due to expire in a year. Despite a massive investigation involving more than one million police officers at its peak, no clear traces of the self-billed mystery man with 21 faces were found, and police have been unable to establish a clear motive for the crimes. Some have guessed that a grudge against Izaki was involved, others that the criminals were simply having fun. Quote, That was a disgusting crime that put totally innocent people in fear. I want police to arrest the culprits, said Hideshi Yilagaki, a chief spokesman for the Marawai department store in Nagoya, one of the stores where cyanide-laced food turned up 14 years ago. The statute of limitations expired in March 1994 on Izaki's abduction, and the case was never solved. Time has since run out on most of the other crimes linked to the case. Next February 13th, the statute of limitations runs out on the two remaining attempted murder cases involving poison candy found on store shelves in October 1984 and February 1985. Investigators say they will do their best until the end. It appears the Glico Morinaga crimes will go unsolved. On October 9, 1999, the 15-year statute of limitations was reached on the poisonings, which included the videotaped man's crime. As the years go by, the monster with 21 faces slips further and further from justice. Read in part 
An article published on February 10th, 2000, reads, Headline, NPA admits defeat in Gleco Morinaga case. Prior to Saturday's expiration of the statute of limitations on the last crime in the Gleco Morinaga extortion case, the National Police Agency conceded defeat Thursday to the extortion ring. The 15-year statute of limitations on the crime runs out midnight Saturday. It will be the first time the NPA has failed to arrest suspects in a case they have investigated. Quote, It is extremely regrettable that we could not apprehend suspects, NPA Chief Setsuo Tanaka told reporters Thursday. Quote, It is indispensable that we make this an important lesson for our future investigations. Four instances of cyanide lacing of sweets found in Tokyo and Nagoya in February 1985 were the last in a series of crimes related to the Glico Morinaga case to reach the statute of limitations. Caution and poor coordination between the NPA and prefectural police were to blame for the failure to arrest the extortion ring, said Yuji Ayora, a senior official with the agency's first criminal investigation section. He also said goods left at the crime scenes were mass-produced, making it impossible for investigators to trace the purchasers. Quote, we cannot deny the fact that we had problems with our investigation skills as a police entity, Ayor said. Katsuhisa Izaki, president of Izaki Glico Company, told a news conference Thursday in Osaka that he is sorry the case has never been solved. Asked if he has any message for the culprits, Izaki said he does not want them to repeat this kind of crime. Izaki said he hid nothing from police, adding that he was not in collaboration with the culprits. Quote, I haven't forgotten the crime entirely, but after 16 years, I hardly remember it in my daily life, he told reporters at the company's headquarters in Nishiyotagawa Ward. The NPA said approximately 1.3 million officers were mobilized to work on the Glico Morinaga case. About 28,300 tips were provided to police from the public, and police conducted hearings on about 125,000 individuals, it said. Following the Glico Morinaga case, 545 similar extortion attempts targeting food producers were reported across the country until last year. Of them, 322 cases have been solved, according to the NPA. February 13, 2000 The 15-year statute of limitations in the Valentine's Day Eve poisoning event and all other crimes was reached. The monster with 21 faces was free. In March 2005, Civil Code 724 ended the right to demand any compensation for damages, as 20 years had lapsed since the start of the case. Foolish, Foolish police can, can at least catch, catch the copycats, copycats right? Copycat crimes during and after the reign of the Monster with 21 Faces are countless. Occurring in the middle of the Glico Morinaga case were a series of poisonings from April 30th to November 17th, 1985 an herbicide called Paraquat, as well as Diquat in one incident, were used to kill 12 people and injure 35 others by the end. The poisonings happened when victims drank tainted beverages found in and around vending machines. Seen as a copycat to the monster with 21 faces, the Paraquat murders had copycats of their own. Similar attacks placing lime sulfur into drinks in Tokyo were never solved. No one was ever arrested for the original Paraquat murders. Read in full, an article published about the poisonings on December 10th, 1985, four months after the end of the Glico Morinaga case, reads, Headline, Japanese Puzzle, The Vending Machine Murders Haruo Otsu was a typical victim. He went fishing one recent morning and stopped along the way for drinks at a vending machine. 
Among his purchases were two small bottles of something called Aronamin C, a vitamin-enriched juice that is especially popular in Japan among middle-aged men. Halfway through the second bottle, Mr. Otsu, 52 years old, started to feel sick. A few hours later, he was taken to a hospital near his house in the central Japanese town of Tandabayashi. The next night, he stopped breathing. Across Japan, tainted drinks have killed at least 10 people and left about 35 others seriously ill in the last few months. The poison most commonly used was Paraquat, a deadly herbicide easily obtained here and known to Americans as a chemical used by drug enforcement groups to kill marijuana plants. Often, victims were men who, like Mr. Otsu, swallowed vitamin-supplemented beverages. In almost every instance, the lethal drink had been deliberately put into or near vending machines, which are as much a fixture on Japanese streets as lampposts. Headline, A Spurt of Copycat Crimes. The randomness of the killings and the inability of the police thus far to catch those responsible has spread concern throughout the country. One byproduct has been a spurt of copycat crimes. Twice in the last few weeks, for example, someone has left tainted containers of milk in schools in Mi Prefecture in central Japan. Psychologists have begun to talk of a new breed of thrill-seeking criminal, known in Japanese as Yukaihan. Quote, they cynically enjoy superiority by imagining the victims groaning and do not feel any remorse, said Professor Susumu Oda, a mental health specialist at Tsukubu University, northeast of Tokyo. It is not clear how much these people have been influenced by one of Japan's more bizarre crimes of recent years, the attempted extortion of food companies by a band calling itself the Mystery Man with 21 Faces. For more than a year, starting in the spring of 1984, this group threatened to poison targeted companies' products unless it received sizable cash payments. At one point, the extortionists went so far as to put cyanide-treated candies on supermarket shelves, but labels warning of poison were conspicuously taped to the candy boxes. No harm was done, except perhaps to the pride of the National Police Agency, which was stumped. Headline, quote, These abnormals are hiding. Last August, the mystery man announced in letters to newspapers that he would stop, but, in the meantime, the new poisoning spree began. Without the benefit of even an extortion note as a clue, investigators seemed far from making arrests. That scared some people. Quote, the problem is that these abnormals are hiding somewhere in this society, the newspaper Asahi said in an editorial. This is still stoic Japan, however, and nothing akin to panic has set in. Soft drink companies, although not willing to reveal figures, say their sales have not noticeably declined, nor is a campaign underway to redesign soda bottles in the way the United States drug companies devised tamper-proof packages after the Tylenol poisonings a few years ago. In fact, bottlers are inclined to blame the victims for having been careless. They note that a seal must first be broken at the base of the bottle cap. Quote, if only consumers were more cautious, they would have seen that some tampering had been done, said Takeo Mizuchi, a spokesman for the Japan Soft Drink Bottlers Association. Headline, warnings pasted on machines. In many instances, tainted drinks were placed inside the vending machine's dispenser slots. Victims apparently inserted their coins, found two bottles in the dispenser, assumed they had got lucky, and gave no thought to the possible danger. As a result, Mr. Mizuchi's organization has printed 1.3 million stickers to be pasted onto machines, warning customers to be careful. The police choose not to discuss the cases, but people in the soft drink industry say they believe a few deaths were suicides, not murders. Paraquat, the poison of usual choice, 
was used in 1,402 recorded suicide attempts in Japan last year. This is a country with many thousands of small farms, and the herbicide can often be bought over the counter by providing no more information than one's name and address. A doctor's group and the health ministry have proposed that Paraquat sales be more closely monitored. Others also recommend tightening controls over vending machines. Nothing has been decided, according to the Japan Vendor Manufacturers Association, but one idea under discussion is to retool machines so that coins cannot be inserted when bottles are already in the dispensers. The manufacturers are not noticeably eager to make changes, however, because it would cost them many millions of dollars. Headline, Machines by the Millions From northern Hokkaido to western Kyushu, Japan's narrow streets are dominated by computerized, blinking, and occasionally talking vending machines. There are 5.1 million of them, selling, to name a few items, sodas, dried squid, bags of rice, coffee, cigarettes, whiskey, magazines, bread, kegs of beer, eggs, shirts, Shinto shrine oracles, milk, pantyhose, and rice crackers wrapped in seaweed. The United States has a slight edge in overall numbers, but industry figures show that the Japanese ratio of one machine for every 23 people is unsurpassed. Sales last year totaled $16 billion, or $133 for each Japanese. It is a testament to the low-crime society that Japan has created for itself that nearly all machines stand on the street free of graffiti and vandalism. They invite other types of problems, however. Periodically, parents' groups demand crackdowns on machines selling magazines deemed to be pornographic. Last month, the National Tax Administration Agency asked liquor retailers to tighten controls on the 162,500 machines dispensing alcoholic beverages. A liquor industry group's policy is to have the machines switched off from 11 p.m. to 5 a.m., but the rule is routinely flouted and even though stiff fines are sometimes imposed, none have been paid. Still, the liquor and pornography problems strike many Japanese as inconsequential compared to the poison attacks. There has not been a reported death for more than a month, leading some people to hope that publicity and greater consumer caution have solved the problem. Mr. Mizuchi of the Bottlers Group is not so sure. Quote, The number of cases may decline from now on, he said. Quote, But I don't think this is over. On December 27, 1984, in Taiwan, a 34-year-old man living in Taichung City imitated the monster by poisoning instant noodles and requesting 150 million Japanese yen from a food company. 41 hours later, he was arrested. On May 27, 2005, a 40-year-old Taiwanese man named Wing Ching Chan was arrested for placing cyanide-laced energy drinks in a convenience store in Taichung City in Taiwan, in an attempt to extort the drink manufacturer, Bull Wild. Four people purchased and drank the beverages, resulting in the death of a 55-year-old man. Labels attached to the drinks read, quote, I am poisonous, but the victims failed to notice the warnings or thought the labels were an advertisement. Wang, who had previously served a 10-year prison sentence for bank robbery, made a tearful confession aired on live television in May after he had been arrested by police at his home. On July 11, 2005, Wang Ching Chan was sentenced to death. Another copycat, detailed in an article published on December 1, 2014, reads, Headline, Man Arrested at Cash Handover Spot in Izaki Glico Extortion Attempt Reminiscent of the 80s Case, Osaka, 
The Osaka Prefectural Police arrested a man Sunday in connection with a recent series of threats made to major confectionery maker Izaki Glico in a case reminiscent of the unsolved threats against and kidnapping of the firm's then-president, Katsuhisa Izaki, in the 1980s. Police arrested the man on charges of attempted extortion after he appeared near Tokyo Disney Resort in Yuriyasu, Chiba Prefecture, to receive 50 million yen that he had allegedly demanded from the firm. The Metropolitan Police Department, along with Osaka Police, turned up disguised as Glico representatives and arrested the man on the spot, police said. The man has remained silent, and thus his name and address have not been established, but he looks like he is in his 40s, the police said, noting that the case appears to have little connection to the 80s threats against Glico and another major confectioner, Morinaga. The perpetrator of the latest case sent six threatening letters between October 29th and Sunday to the Glico office in Minato Ward, Tokyo, the police said. They added that he identified himself as, quote, the mystery man number 28. The letters were all addressed to Izaki. The perpetrator of the 1980s attacks against Glico had identified oneself as, quote, the mystery man with 21 faces. According to police, the letters in the latest case were typewritten and read, Quote, it has taken some 30 years since the last incident. I have run out of money, so I'd like to request some more. When the suspect was arrested near Tokyo Disney Resort on Sunday afternoon, he was wearing a black coat and had a communications radio. The letters had demanded that Glico employees bring money there with a radio to communicate. Police spotted the man talking on a radio and captured him, according to investigators. The perpetrator also demanded that Glico bring cash to the Tokyo station on November 23rd, the police said. Investigators showed up at the station as stipulated, but nobody showed up, they added. Police are now trying to identify their suspect by examining the mobile phone they seized. Izaki Glico released a statement Sunday night, saying the company is relieved by the man's arrest. Quote, we have cooperated with the police wholeheartedly, the firm said in the statement. Quote, we are relieved that a suspect has been arrested. We would like to keep providing safe products to our customers. The statute of limitations has expired on the 1980s extortion case, which also involved distribution of threatening letters to the company, as well as to media organizations. In the case, the perpetrator poisoned the firm's products with potassium cyanide and placed them at various retailers, making it one of the highest profile crimes in the nation's post-war history. This production was brought to you by The Dark. Sound design, score, and letter readings were done by Austin Michael Riley. Narration, research, and information compilation was done by Michael Wellborn. Our executive producer is Nick White. The events in this program are true and took place between 1984 and 1985 in Japan. This presentation of the case provides a timeline of the facts as accurately as possible. The letters by the Monster with 21 Faces criminal group are read in as much entirety as possible with the resources available at the time of making this. The letters, news articles, and information were compiled from various books, websites, videos, and articles. No copyright infringement is intended. A list of sources can be found at themonsterwith21faces.com, as well as a video and photo archive of the case. Apologies for any mispronunciations, errors, or omissions. With the help of listeners like you, this may be corrected. 
If you have any new or useful information, please send it to us at 21monsterfaces at gmail.com. That's the number 21monsterfaces at gmail.com. This project is the product of intrigue and research over nearly 15 years. It is provided for your curiosity at no cost. Though, if you appreciate the work, donation is welcome and can be given at themonsterwith21faces.com. For more art by The Dark, visit us at darkart.com. That's D-A-R-Q-Art.com. Thank you for listening to this series. Stay tuned into this podcast feed for updates on future projects.